Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. And it's Friday. Here we are. <laughs> well, yeah, talk about we taking made it, it away. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So let's see. Um, obviously, I would probably say, how was your week? But let's kind of say something about the astrology that just has transpired. We've got um, Neptune that is gone direct and continuing to move more into direct motion on um, mm-hmm. Monday. And we're gearing up. Oh, that's, I didn't know that was on Monday. That's interesting timing for my life sorry go on yeah there you are I was like going oh my god oh my god thank goodness but you know I mean of course that always there's a backlash because it doesn't just happen it's not like mercury that runs in and runs out kind of a thing so but yeah that happened and um we did have um a lunar eclipse earlier Mm -hmm. in the week in Gemini which for me my moon is Gemini, with yeah. the rising sun, and it's in, in Gemini. So I was, you know, it was kind of, it foreshadowed what this week was going to be like, obviously. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that kind of came and went. And we're looking forward to, um, obviously, a solar eclipse on the 14th, and it's in one degree Sag. Yeah. <laughs> hearing that from all my astrologer people who know my chart, and they're like going, Hmm, and I'm like, please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> and then we have um, close to, and I'm, you know, they're not telling, I, I don't have the exact time and day, but close to Christmas, yeah. uh, we're having Jupiter and Saturn come within, right. I think, one degree of each other in what we see, obviously, not necessarily right. in reality, um, which hasn't happened in 800 years. So Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed Woo-hoo. to be quite spectacular, so I'm excited. It's supposed yep. to be really close to this from what I, if yep. I'm remembering correctly. Okay. So that's okay. pretty exciting. Good. Yeah. Well, there yeah, the you go. Solstice, you know, the astrology of the last year has totally made sense with the drama that we've been experiencing in the world, like the pandemic, the, uh, the, the election in the United States, all of that totally makes sense based on the astrology. And yeah. the winter solstice is so, and again, I've said this before, I know just enough astrology to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't really. So don't, I take everything <laughs> I say with a grain of salt. But right. the solstice this year is supposed to be uh, like a, 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 an up-leveling, like a, a, a movement of good. And then the mm-hmm. beginning of next year is supposed to be intense as well. Like we still, we're not quite out of the wild ride, but we're the solstice is supposed to mark like a, a shift in the right. ride. Right. Believe me, I'm all for that because obviously mm-hmm. we are now entering 
we have entered into the month of my birth. And so, you know, and I know it's funny because your husband, Guion, also is a Sag and he had a birthday. So we're all kind of like, yeah, okay. But, and I know that from my husband's studies of Rosicrucianism, the last 55 days before your birthday, I mean, to your birthday itself, is what they call your last or seventh energy cycle in the year. And it usually heralds a lot of intensity. It doesn't always mean bad. It just means you're tired, you're cranky, or out of sorts because you've had enough of whatever is going on. And it's kind of interesting because with all of what you're just talking about and where I am in, you know, coming into this, I never really took it into consideration because I just thought, oh, it's Christmas. You get tired, you get frustrated until I met my husband. And then it began to kind of see that until he passed away. And now I've really begun to see it in my life and see how, and then if I talk to people as clients or even friends and you kind of look at that, it, it gives you a significator. But this year has just been unbelievable and you know yes we are coming to the end of the calendar year yeah um but i think we still got a few things but it feels i feel that it means there's an opening and an opening and a movement forward and up but it doesn't mean it's not going to come with um other parts of what i would call baggage Right. Yeah. 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 Like the yeah. intensity is not done, but we're yeah. we're turning a corner. Exactly. Exactly. And on on that marvelous little note of, of informational throwing out that has nothing to do with what our show is today, but it does yeah. in some ways. Um, how was your week? Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. So early this week, I. So the fourth book that I've written for Llewellyn uh, is the the first draft is in the hands of my editor. So that got turned in on time. <laughs> I met Yay! my deadline. Yeah. So and then what's so funny is the night before I'd kind of wrapped it up and then set it aside and I'd given it to a close uh, a, a person who I'm close to in life to to kind of read it over and not exactly edit because that's what editors are for, but to give me like some, some places I could use flushing out or whatever. And uh, some of the feedback I got was, it was very good and helpful, but it was also stuff I can't solve with just a little bit, a little window, you know, it's stuff that needs kind of a longer amount to ponder on. Uh, And so I was feeling so stoked about what I had done. And then the day I turned it in, I just felt, defeated I was like I'm an imposter I this thing sucks they're gonna laugh at me but you know what I go through this every time this is just part of my my process so it's not a huge deal but I sent a long email to my editor and I was like I wish I had sent this today because I loved it yesterday and today I think it's just a a pile of garbage and she was like no I'm sure you're a good writer it's great let's get through the editing process and then I, I told her I'm committing to not writing another book for six months. I have three ideas that I told her about, but I am not signing another contract for six months. And she was like, okay, let's get through this book and then we'll talk about these other ideas because they're awesome. So that's nice. Right. Well, that's nice (laughs) to hear. And and obviously for you, it's encouraging. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you just need to, what's the word, sit back yeah, and bit. I'm not good at that. I'm so not good at that. Like I've, I told, I said to Elvira before the show started today. I've been since Monday when I turned in the manuscript. I've been kind of walking around my life, feeling a little too free. Like I don't have yeah. enough pressure. <laughs> I don't have enough on my to do list. Uh, I haven't quite figured out like what to do in this new reality where I don't have either one manuscript or two manuscripts because I was also editing the book Leon and I wrote together at the same time. So it's a little bit right. weird. Also, the highlight, honestly, of my week was yesterday. My daughter and my and Guion and I, we all went to the, the, the tree farm that we go to every year. But this year they're offering private appointments. So we booked an appointment. Ooh. So we, had, we basically had the whole tree farm to ourselves yesterday morning. 
And they, nice. you know, they have three cut trees. You can cut your own trees. They have a huge barn full of tchotchkes and ornaments and wreaths and stuff. They have a little petting zoo. So we, like, Aww. wandered. We picked out our tree. We came home and decorated. Like, it was just a very fun, yule solstice day. Um, yeah. And so that's been great. Like, our house is so festive right now. It's making me feel really in the spirit, which is good because yeah you know it's not going to be a regular holiday this year <laughs> no kidding yeah. no kidding yeah. but how has your week been well you know <laughs> um it's interesting you talk about uh christmas and and decorating uh because i am selling my place and my real estate person is trying to have me shed the stuff that's in my house and make it more generic which I had an interesting talk with my therapist this morning, and yes, I do go to therapy because like everyone else that may use yeah. us or anybody is that you have to have some place where you can um, go through the stuff that's in your brain and mm-hmm. weed out the garbage and find the gems that you can then go on for the next time cycle. And yeah. um but I decided I was sitting going, well, I'm going to be leaving. Why should I go and I'm pull all this stuff out and unpack it and put it up because then I'm going to have to put it back and I'm already going to start to have to put stuff, you know, away. And mm-hmm. I waffled until a very dear friend of mine who has known me for 35 years and Christmas and we, we start at Thanksgiving with all these old movies and then any new movies and, you know, all this stuff. And she came over and we, we've we been seeing, you know, on social distancing. So she sat on one end of my couch, I sat across the room and we watched the television and we, she says, let's watch some Christmas movies. And so I picked out, of course, Miracle on 34th Street because here we are before Thanksgiving and that's quote the, the film that heralds the beginning uh, in, in the older versions, heralds the beginning of, you know, Christmas season, and, you know, and then because I was in such a darker mood, I picked out It's a Wonderful Life, which mm. in its own right has, you know, darkness, but it also brings this, this light to to this person's existence once he goes through his epiphany, and mm. then afterwards, I spent literally the next 24 hours just sort of bubbling and I realized I will go ahead and take all this out because you know it doesn't really matter I would still take it out put yeah. it up go away for two weeks to Arkansas to be with my my daughter and family come back yeah. and then put it away again so it is of no consequence I do it every year it's this is just part of that time frame and I need to do this for my my spirit and you pointed that out and you know how festive it is that where it is because this week has yeah. been very full of uh, intensities and um, you know things that have to get done from pest con- pest inspections to you know my longtime friend who's been part of um, my roommate procedure here moved out because. I'm selling the place, and he wanted to get a place and not have to be, you know, told at the last minute, hi, the place is sold, and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so it was very emotional and, you know, very, like, heart-rendering. But when I went to my therapy session, it was, there were certain things about what's going on in my own world and how this is a time for me to shed, to shed things and find the, the, the gold inside. And um, I'm still cogitating on that one, as my mom would have said, but who knows with this particular show, because we are ending our sojourn with the Tarot, the Major Arcana. Yeah, that's right. The world. And I think that there's some, after doing my own research the other day, uh, I think there will probably come out some things out of my mouth as we're talking, that will be profound for me, whether they're profound yeah. for anybody else or not. Absolutely. So, yeah. So now I'll turn it back to you for you to start our final episode on the Tarot. Yeah. So those of you who have been listening along, 
we've made it through the entire Major Arcana. We Tonight we hit the final card in the Major Arcana, the world card, the 22nd card, who, which is number 21, because remember we start at zero. For those of you who may be listening uh, for the first time, welcome. We have uh, 22 other shows that you can listen to <laughs> that are all about the Major <laughs> Arcana of the Tarot. Um, how fun. Yeah, so it's been, you know, when we first decided to do this, exploration as part of our show topics we thought it was going to take 22 weeks and so we would you know be doing we would be talking about the trow probably until early summer uh but that is obviously not what happened we've been talking about the trow all year and i kind of think it's beautifully wonderful that we are ending our last show in december uh, on this topic and that it has taken us practically the whole year to get through this this magical working of the trail, which honestly, like the sidebar here for a second, if you're going to do an in-depth exploration of the major arcana, it should take you a year. Like there's a lot of information held in these cards. So it seems, it seems appropriate. It took us this long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And it's definitely, um, I, I don't know. You, you, I think you've said it eloquently about how, you know, as humans with our own consciousness of structure, you know, we had this vision of what we were going to do. And now, of course, what we became is it became something of a, as the journey of what the actual major arcana is, it actually became our journey, both individually, collectively as a show and representationally as the external world and what was been going on in it too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So it is fitting, you know, I mean, December, the last month, we're coming to the solstice, which, you know, is kind of the, the turning point in terms of sun and moon and, you know, the sun, the the timing and Mm -hmm. of course the Julian calendar of, 31st and changing of that year from one year to another so Mm -hmm. yes here we go jump in yeah yeah okay so the world card and uh again those of you who've been listening along this is old information but we are going mostly based off the rider Waite smith deck we do talk about other decks but it would be impossible for us to talk about all the decks because there's a gabillion of them So we are starting with the Rider-Waite-Smith because that is kind of the gateway drug to the tarot. Uh, It's the one most people are familiar with, and it's the one that most other decks are based off of. Uh, So what you see in the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is actually pretty similar to the tarot of the Marseille, which is one of the oldest decks. Um, It's a naked woman. What I love is in all the descriptions of this card, they always say, a naked woman hovers or dances above the earth. And I just think that's funny. A, because you can't see the earth in this card. B, because <laughs> she could be dancing, but you can't really tell. She's just kind of walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is yeah. an interesting. Um, sorry, my cat has decided he wants to be on the Dionysus altar, and that's dangerous. So, oh, whew, that was scary. Okay, sorry. Um, so the other thing you see on the Rider Waite Smith artwork is the this woman is she's holding wands in each hand. Uh, there is a wreath, a green wreath that surrounds her with a red ribbon tied to it, and in each of the corners is a cloud with an astrological um, sign. There is the bull for Taurus, the lion for Leo, uh, the eagle for. Um, Scorpio, is that right? Yeah, and the the man or the human for Aquarius. And this is supposed to also symbolize earth, air, fire, and water, the four um, science, four fixed signs of the zodiac, the classical elements, all of that fun stuff. Um, there's also, as always, some Jewish mythology in here. Uh, and I just wanted to mention, sidebar again, I just pre I did a preview of a book of um, the Kabbalah for Wiccans, the author of this book, it's coming out in a couple of months, asked me if I would preview it. I don't know anything about the Kabbalah. Uh, mm-hmm. And now after reading his book, there is so much Kabbalah 
influence in the tarot. Like, and I knew mm-hmm. that intellectually, but having like mm-hmm. the specifics pointed out is very interesting. Anyway, um, so part of this, um, the, the creatures in the corners is part of Jewish mythology. There's, um, it could also be the four evangelists, the four, you know, anytime you, there's four of anything, you can kind of plug them into this symbology. Uh, and that, again, everything means something. So the color of the wreath, the color of the ribbons, the color of the purple satiny fabric that's wrapped around her nether regions, like it all has significance. So mm-hmm. that's what the card looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And um, interesting is they do tend to want to make this that she is her that she the the image technically is hermaphroditic and yeah. the question of course is because the lower regions are closed with the you know as far as shielded and that they they appear to make the lower legs more masculine so that mm-hmm. it is a, a combination of the yeah. the masculine and the feminine um, aspects so a balance. Um, which is right. interesting. The, the other thing that I noted, and, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm reading my things and, you know, I'm looking at this and going, yeah, well, her legs, or the, the image's legs, is crossed very much as a yeah. triangle, but it is similar, well, not triangle, but crossed like the um, hanged man, the hanged and man, that yeah. her Two hands and head are an upward-pointing triangle. So it's a cross, an equal arm cross, with a triangle pointing up, whereas before the, um, the hang, uh, hangman, it's his elbows and his head are downward-facing triangle, and then mm-hmm. his legs, which are hanging above him, become the equal arm cross. And basically it's about um, uh, rising above the world of matter into the world of the cosmic energy or the universe. And, of course, that's the other name that a lot of times this particular card is called is the universe. And yeah. I, I was really – because for some reason, since we've been talking about these things, that stood out more in this card than it ever has been. And I was like, yeah. oh. So my own little yeah. moment of epiphany. The, the wreath is also supposedly – uh, laurel, which is, you know, you can look up the significance of laurel. It, it has lots of significance. Um, and, you know, the, the color purple is about royalty and personal power and courage and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There is an Ouroboros type energy to the laurel wreath, you know, the snake eating its own tail, like this continuous mm-hmm. cycle. Um, and in many decks, it is an Ouroboros that is surrounding the the character of this card also Mm -hmm. some interesting things the wand that she's holding she has two wands but she's not holding them like a wand she's holding them more like like a baton you know that you would twirl Mm -hmm. in the middle Uh, but they're shaped very much like the magician in card number one so here we see this referencing back to one of the older cards Mm -hmm. Um, and also the way her body like you were saying Elvira the shape of her body but also part of her body is facing forwards and part of her body is facing back. So she's looking backwards, but she's moving forward. So it's about, you know, accepting what has happened and yet still moving forward into the future and this sort of balance of energy, past, future, blah, blah, blah. So there's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, all of the cards have a lot of, um, that you can dig into in the artwork of it, but this one feels kind of extra. <laughs> So they they've, they've definitely layered it, and of course the yeah. the ribbons that tie at the red ones are basically um, the infinity, very similar to what's above um, in the Leo uh, the card strength, and of course the magician as well. So you have they they tie in the energies, and I think what I I boiling it down is that it is the the connection of the um, conscious, subconscious to go to the superconscious, but this time the final initiation has taken place and you have gone into that level because, as you know, the number 21 is three sevens. So, mm-hmm. you know, three times seven. So the third initiation 
of that, the, the level of knowingness going up becomes that. And then they also, and they get really into this, and again, this is very much part of, of I think, the idea that the Kabbalah and all of that, because the BOTA, which was um, and is uh, an organization, uses the Kabbalah and works with it in terms of that. And I throw this in every once in a while, and it's funny that you mentioned this book that was written and that you have reviewed or, you know, and, yeah. and I find that I'm like, yes, because I spent a long time in the BOTA and mm. all foster cases deck. There are some things that are less and some more, um, but again, the and the wands are not wands. They're spirals. And what they mm. are is they're the involution and evolution, meaning destruction and creation. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the and again, you talked about the pillars of, uh, you know, the, the pillars in the Kabbalah and the dynamics. Yeah. But yeah. we don't go there in this kind of a show, but it is, you can see where there are these layers that keep moving along. And um, I find it incredibly fascinating that this is astrologically the card for Saturn. And if we are yeah. looking at what's coming up at the end, you know, the middle of this month, where Saturn is part of this duel with, you know, and I don't mean like a duel, do you, you know, like dueling, but this, this combination of expansion, contraction, because Jupiter is the expansion and Saturn yeah. is the contraction. And here we have two wands, and we have it within this circle, and it's the card actually Saturn. So it 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 kind of like almost makes me feel like the yin and the yang, where there's the dark eye and the light, and the light eye and the dark. So you have within each one there is the the essence of the other. Yeah. So that's my nice shoot off of that. But anyway, back to Rider Waite Smith deck. Yeah, so uh, this card is, is all about completion. Uh-huh. You know, it's the final step of the journey and, and not just the final step of the journey, but acknowledgement and recognition that the journey also continues. You know, there's that polarity and paradox and and complicated energy when one door closes, another one opens type of thing. Uh, This is typically seen as a positive card to have show up a good omen that that you've achieved something you or are achieving something or going to achieve something. Completion is very close. There is a, a celebratory nature to this card that I always sort of vibe when it comes up. Um, Right. You know, and for me personally, (laughs) funnily enough, I just focused in on one sentence of my notes. It says, uh, be grateful for what you've created and make sure you don't rush into the next project. So that is hilarious that I didn't even remember (laughs) writing that in my notes. (laughs) That is funny. That is great. We'll see that, you know, and, and of course, that in itself is, important we mm-hmm. do tend to rush you know we try to get oh, yeah. so much done in such a long a short space of time so it kind of i'm listening to you going yeah i, I understand that too yeah <laughs> but it's very personal yeah but um so it's it's and when of course the the upright position which is what we've basically been speaking of you know, has such things as triumph and undertaking and success and rewards. Of course, yours kind of hit that one. Mine is travel and change of residence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the there other part of that, there you go. Um, but, you know, again, it's these are the positive things, and it is a very positive card. And even when reversed, it has got more positive things. It's more of a reminder to get out of your own way kind of a thing. Right. So, yep. Yeah. So, let's yeah. see. And, and, you know, that would, of course, include fear of change, um, success not yet won, um, lack of vision, um, you know, 
that kind of a thing. So it uh, it does have a negative, but not really. I don't think it's as bad. How it's not as as intense as mm-hmm. some of the other cards. If you were looking at the reversals, and, and as yeah. and I have said over and over again, we don't. But we look at the cards around it to give us the meaning, which in a way is observing what you know situations yeah. are. So, yeah. Traditional. Should we talk about reversals, or should we take a break first and talk yeah. about reversals well, let's, and get back? Let's talk. Let's talk about reversals, then take a break, because then we can jump into um, what I usually play, try to do is okay. throw in a little of the Paul Foster case, and then we jump to our deck. Okay. Okay. So typically, when the world is reversed, it can often point to you needing to close up something, or finish something, or complete something, and yet you can't or you won't, or you're not. Uh, One of the websites I read in preparation referred to saving your quote-unquote skinny clothes, Uh, Mm -hmm. that you're just, you're holding on to this thing that you no longer are, and instead of torturing yourself and making yourself feel bad for not fitting into the old you, embrace who you are now. I thought that was beautifully said. Uh, But, you know, it's often it's often you are keeping yourself stuck and not finishing the thing that needs to be finished. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, well, on that note, I think we should take our break. All right. We'll be back in a minute. Yes. bone marrow and immune system 
Now, isn't that an interesting thing with what we've got right now in terms of the immunity and COVID and the pandemic and, you know, the the dynamic here of what the – this card actually has on other levels, more subtler levels, and the pair of opposites is slavery and dominion, which I thought mm. So that's from Paul Foster Case. They kind of like giving you different things. And, of course, what jumped out at me, now this is going to, you're going to laugh. I'm sitting at Lucky Mojo where I was doing my hourly on Tuesday and I had this overwhelming urge, I heard the fifth dimension, and I went, okay. So I Googled fifth dimension, and obviously Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes up is not the metaphysical aspect, is the band that was the 1980s band that, of course, was well-known for Aquarius, the theme song. And so, of course, um, I actually pulled that up on my Amazon Music just to listen to it. But then I kind of went into um, looking further about the fifth dimension. And this card, basically, one of the things it deals with is the fifth dimension. And I don't want to get really into it because it gets into this really kind of, you kind of go out there. But um, I was listening to uh, Greg Braden in one of his books called The Isaiah Principle. And it's it's kind of weird how that also came into play on the fifth dimension. So, I feel if we're looking at even what's happening in our world with the planets that are aligning and everything, I feel there is a, an energy pattern that is more significant than we realize and has, I think, in, in, in a positive, positive way. Yeah. So that's my spiel. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I, I'm gonna, you know, kind of back on that one. But it was, it was. It brought out some really interesting things about, you know, I mean, and it it really does relate a lot to where we are planetary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a lot so, going on right now. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, well, your deck is definitely um, has a different take or different take than. Um, the Paul Foster case or the Weight yeah. Riders. So yeah, the, the, so the deck I read with most often is called the Druid Craft Tarot deck. It's by Philip and Stephanie Cargom. It's very Celticy and Wicca influenced, although you know Druid, but Wicca. So there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. um, That's it. Yeah. So. The artwork on this card, uh, and I've talked about this before, the artwork on some of the cards is very different. And this one isn't different. And honestly, for me, it just feels more appropriate. So we have the the character who is dancing on the earth. And in this version, there is an earth right below their feet. And this person is clearly gender fluid. There is there. You cannot tell the gender of this character. uh, And that, is delightful, and I feel like it's a, a bit better of a representation than what the Rider Waite Smith artwork looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the shape of the circle around the the world character is more oval shaped. It's very vulvic. Uh, it's sort of that womb tomb energy of going through that portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of laurel, it is Celtic knotwork, which is very druidic and you know Celticy based. In the four corners, instead of the four um, card or fixed signs of the zodiac, there is just a simple representation of each of the seats. So there is a cup, there is mm-hmm. an, a sword, there is a wand, and there is a pentacle. So it's a little bit more simple in that way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, in this deck, it is the the journey is complete. The dancer knows that they are, have received or achieved completion. Um, it indicates great success, and not only success, but satisfying fulfillment. The cycle has completed. And it, it talks about what you talked about, Elvira, with the, the shape of the character um, being in the same position as the hanged man, except now they're turned upright and free. Uh, the waiting is over, the preparation has been done, and now we can dance joyously and freely. Um, let's see, I'm going to turn the page here. Because they always have like a little box synopsis. 
Uh, there we go. The message of the world is dancing. I am life whole. I am one. So it's a very kind of sweet um, haiku type of message. Right. Right. Wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Mine is way, way different. It does still have its, its, um, it still does have the same, you know, things. It's just, it's taken away from a lot of the symbology of the, the writer deck. Um, the Witch's yeah. Row, and it's by Ellen Dugan and illustrated by Mark Evans. And it's basically, it's the green man is the center with the, mm. the leaves and all around the face and coming up to um, the, the right and left as you're facing it are the, are the antlers, but they're actually branches on trees. And you have the Aquarius, which is the human face, and they're definitely, it's a more mature-looking uh, face of the fool. And then you have, of course, the eagle. You have the lion. And then you have actually a, a um, stag. And what they basically are, are, it's about are that it shows that the fool has matured in their, um, in his journey and Mm -hmm. older and wiser, um, he's completed his magical journey. Now the other are the, um, the gifts that he comes with through his expedition is of course the eagle and that's gifts of intelligence, courage and confidence, the lion is strength, passion, and rebirth. And the stag is pride, poise, and integrity. And I believe that, you know, when you put the green man in the center, it's basically an archetype of power, um, magic and power, and the representation of renaissance, rebirth, and regeneration. So it's different. And having learned on the other versions, it's kind of a challenge for me to not revert to some of the old symbology in my head and start talking that way. But, um, and of course it's meanings are, you know, significating that lessons have spiritual lessons have been mastered and there's a sense of freedom and harmony that our acquired knowledge and strength gives us more spiritual understanding to use for good. And that, you know, any project or, uh, situation you're involved in there is a successful outcome and completion but it will take strength to be able to follow it through mm-hmm. and obviously you know it's it, it's a different kind of way of saying exactly what we've talked about um it's just a little more challenging i think when i read it for me yeah um not because I can't get it, it's that I have to change my way of thinking. And I like that because it makes me go into another area than the rote learning process. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, it's always interesting to see how other practitioners spin, have like the foundations you can see are similarly rooted, and yet the spin or the growth from those roots looks very different. It's, mm-hmm. it's endlessly fascinating because, like, I, you know, I, I was being kind of tongue-in-cheek earlier saying there was a gabillion kinds of decks, but there really are thousands of different tarot card decks. There's a lot of different tarot card mm-hmm. decks, and, and they range from mass-produced to, you know, unique one-of-a-kinds to Etsy people, like, self-printing pretty much anything you can imagine for a tarot deck you can find out there. Like, I don't know if I mentioned mm-hmm. this before, but um, during the lockdown period of this year, uh, someone posted the 90s tarot on um, Facebook, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to have that. So I because ha- I, I am a little bit of a, a collector. I, if it appeals to me, I, I will get it. I might not ever read with it, but if I, you know, I, I'm a tourist. So I like things. Uh, but mm-hmm. this deck is got all of the like um, icons of the '90s, of you know mainstream culture of the '90s, represented in in these cards, and I mm-hmm. just adore it. It's so unique and different. I don't ever read with it, but I just it's such a great idea. And so, if you have a specific interest 
you can find a deck that will match that. I have a vampire mm-hmm. deck. I never read oh, wow. that either. But it's so dark and macabre and beautiful, and I just love it. But I, it doesn't work for me as a reader, but it appeals to me as someone who likes art. See, there you are. I know I've got um, – I have about the same thing, actually. It's a large tub, plastic bin um, that I have acquired all kinds of decks. I'm still buying more times for decks or oracle decks or, you know, yeah. because – there are different things that speak. At one time, I was so into alchemy. Somebody mm-hmm. made an alchemy deck, and, it, you know, it had cards, but it had, um, it was almost like runic uh, yeah. with tiles. And it was fascinating because, you know, there was it was about alchemy, but not really changing chemistry, gold, lead into gold, but it was using... Mm-hmm. The, the information and I, I just was yeah I got really in, excited about the whole process so um, there are different decks there are different ways to approach something you know I think that uh, the fact that we use one that is standard because every you know I learned on the writer deck there was no mm-hmm. question yeah. about where that was the beginning of my education and yeah. then you know you kind of flow and sometimes mm-hmm. they're ones you buy and you think you're really going to like them and you get started and you just don't click with it so yeah yeah oh yeah and that's one that's a totally a thing too is you know you think that this deck's gonna is beautiful or you're into it or it's the energy of what you're working with right now and then it just doesn't it doesn't read the way you would have hoped it did you know that mm-hmm. totally happens you can't let yourself get bummed out when stuff like that happens you know right Right, because it's really important. It's it's basically this is as much a journey of finding tools. It's almost like I had this one deck that I absolutely loved. It was called the, it still exists. It's the Hanson Roberts deck. I absolutely use it. I used it for probably fifteen, twenty, well, fifteen years actually, and um, I it finally. Uh, started to get really hard to work with. So I went out of my way, got on the internet and bought another one thinking, okay. And kid you not, a bottle of water spills on my tarot cards, my brand new tarot Mm. cards. And totally, you know, because of course then it expanded. So they became useless. And I sat there really devastated. (laughs) And that was when I went on a quest and I said, okay, you got to show me, give me a really big sign that the one I'm sitting looking at. And of course um, the one that I'm using right now and have for probably a good 10 years is um, hat the, the fool, the standard looking fool, but it has this little white dog and it's a Westie. And since I own Westies um, or they own me actually, um, <laughs> that was my sign. And I'm like, okay, and it's been with me for, you know, and I feel comfortable with it. So it, yeah. it said, hello, this is who what you are with, but you grow into different versions, I believe, as you go along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, but um, so there is that. Did we want to say anything? I mean, obviously I kind of brought it up, but I thought it would be interesting to maybe think a little more on it uh, with the um, Jupiter and Saturn being so close. I know that neither one of us are real astrologers, so it does, you know, it does mean that we are limited in some of that. But our own feeling of like if you put the the tarot card, the world, with Mm -hmm. the tarot card, um, the wheel of fortune, and how because that's how close they're going to be, you know, together. If you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, you know, it feels very appropriate for the time of year. Um, You know, the Wheel of Fortune is that cyclic, the time keeps moving, you know, that vibe, and the the world is the end, the completion. And that's where we are right now. We're We're very close to the end of a year that's been kind of terrible in a lot of ways. Uh, and the cycle continues, you know, the, the year ends on December 31st, 
but the next year starts, you know, within seconds. You know, midnight happens, and then the year starts again. It's not, there's no break, there's no pause, and so I feel like I feel like potent magic to do in December is to really start saying goodbye to the year before. You know, in this case, it's 2020, but to say goodbye to release the things that happened and didn't work and the good and bad, the indifferent, but to really start cleaning that up, clearing it out. So at Mm -hmm. midnight, assuming that's what you do, you can acknowledge the wheel of the year or the, the wheel card, the, and start moving into the next year. What energy are you drawing in? What are you calling in? Where, where is your magic going to manifest for you in 2021? And to really start mm-hmm. looking and focusing on that. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's the perfect opportunity to use those cards as a magical working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's very, very appropriate because I feel, <laughs> you're now you're going to really see a weird side of me um (laughs) well because i'm sitting here and i'm i'm thinking of that and i'm going these are the the energies of these two cards okay that we work with and what the symbology of it and then you take the two planets and you know somebody actually wrote in an article the, the the way they headlined it the kissing of these the planets are kissing and I had to sit there and I go, are you telling me that Jupiter, the the, the king of the, the universe kind of thing, God, the, the one, mm. and Saturn, who's technically his father, right, uh, yeah. are kissing? And yeah. my mind kind of went to the old generation, which is the father, and the son, which obviously is Jupiter, and the father ate all his kids or tried to eventually got kind of, you know, the myth and all. But the point is, is tried to destroy all that could change his world. Yeah. Is that not what we have been seeing recently in the actual external world? And that dynamic. And yet the new or the son, the, the next generation and I'm not talking about somebody aged-wise, you know, but concepts, the, the the people that move things forward. And if you really, you know, want to, I'm going to diverge from that and say that politics-wise, we have Kamala Harris that represents that new wave mm-hmm. as much as Biden does because, you know, I mean, he is taking an energy pattern that is, what's new and being willing to work with it and, you know, be part of this change rather than somebody that is more structured into the old, old ways, the present president. And I just look at what's happening. I'm going, you you know, somebody used to, I've been hearing this phrase, you couldn't make it up if you tried. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's been the whole year. (laughs) That's been said almost, consistently this whole year I have heard it from people. Sometimes it becomes their own sort of anthem that they say on a consistent basis when they're talking to me. And um, it's true. And here you are, we're watching it. We're participating in it. We're not just watching it. We are participating. So I think that that astrological experience is, very important for what's going to move forward and not just because they're going to move away and and we're going to see it from another perspective as we travel around the sun and, you know, yada, yada. But I think it's an energy pattern. And unfortunately, we get a lot of doomsayers, you know, like, yes, this was in the the last time this happened, the Byzantian, you know, empire broke apart and fell apart. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, Okay, so we're trying to instill fear into a situation. And yeah. Well, and you know what? The truth is that's so uh, wheel of fortune energy or the wheel energy because empires fall. And the mm-hmm. United States is in its decline. I mean, let's be real. It totally is. Empires fall, but, but people continue. You know, so it's, it's us having to look at how we change the way we relate 
and go, there's been a call for this for a really long time. This isn't new information, but returning to a more local awareness, where, where's your local food come from? Where are your local communities? Where are the local things? Because the, the, the federal can't take care of us. That, we're, that They've proven that this year. We have to return to looking at the smaller scale and, and how we can take care of each other on the local we are right. still people, you know. I think that, for me, that's a huge takeaway of this year is remembering <laughs> the, pe- the people, like, you know, the, the, the next-door neighbors and the customers that come into my shop and looking out for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, because it's part of a bigger picture, yes. you got to yeah. remember the, other, the downside of that smaller environment are feudal kingdoms, meaning everybody being their own little community kingdom. And in one way, then you fight with the next kingdom. And, you know, yeah. the, the, the darker side always has its, its moment to, you know, kind of stick its head up. So I believe where we are at is to learn to reground ourselves in the mm-hmm. local and reinvent how the bigger federal government works. Um, right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that's really, and it's a rebirth. And and that's really what the Wheel of Fortune, you know, death, rebirth, death, rebirth. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they talk about, which I didn't say a lot about, but in Paul Foster cases, um, that you take the seven cards that are part of the journey. I mean, there's certain ones that they, they allocate from um, the three cycles that are yeah. there, and you, you, you watch how they function and what they mean. And I would, you know, I, I personally am going to go look into that and work with it in the next, you know, few weeks, mostly because right. it reminds me that what I use as a tool has a lot of good things I can do for others through that. But yeah. it's time that this becomes something for me to, to work with, both for my personal life and what's changing in it, but also how that can add to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But nice. So that, yeah. And as far as, you know, anything that we're looking at for our future <laughs> uh, radio shows. I think we will have a few reruns based on what normally happens at this time. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. feel that um, we will let people know because right now we're st- <laughs> we still are in our planning stages where we yeah. have to get what we need to get together. So, and yeah. we will have an Ask the Witch, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, Elvira and I have not discussed this, but I was secretly hoping that next week we would do a recap of the reading we did at the beginning of the year and sort of look at how that reading has played out. And uh, But we will see what we end up doing next week, so it will be a surprise for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I will mention quickly the numbers from zero to six are what they're talking about. And it's three, six, nine, 12, 15, and 18. So mm. the fool becomes the, the journey and then those others. So that was a recap just because I was trying to put my notes together, but I do believe that I will be in agreement with you. We can say that on the yeah. show right now. That's what we nice. will do. We will take our reading and go from what we did to see how, and this all worked out. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So I think we're at our time, believe it or not. Yeah, we are. Thank you all so much for listening and exploring the Major Arcana with us over this last year. And, again, if this is your first episode, there's a whole slew of more to talk about with the Major Arcana. And and if this is your 22nd listen, um, keep playing with the trail. The journey doesn't end here. No kidding. No kidding. So you have a wonderful week, and we will be back with more exciting things to talk about. And take care. Yeah, thanks for listening. 
Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.